Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Thank you for joining with me. I am grateful for this time that we have together. Believe it or not, I feel your questions as we're offering this broadcast. I feel your questions as I go along, and uh, it's, it's a cool connection, and I look forward to it. And I thank you for joining with me. We're transcending time and space together, and it's a beautiful thing. So glad that technology is supporting our spiritual practice. So let's begin with that blessing, that prayer. So grateful and so thankful to consciously relinquish the blocks to love, consciously to tune in and say yes to infinite intelligence, divine love and clarity. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to recognize our wholeness and our holiness. We are truly grateful to open ourselves to the unlimited, unprecedented flow of love and wisdom. We are grateful to share the benefits of our healing with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. 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 Okay. So our topic this week is the call for faith. And right now there is a strong call for faith. We can be frightened. We can be worried. We can be uh, nervous and anxious. We can be all kinds of things, but we can also live in faith. Now, in chapter 17, uh, one of my favorite sections is called The Healed Relationship, and I've done a lot on that in the relationship episodes that people appreciate so much. You know, relationships are such a key place for us to do our spiritual healing work. We get such amazing results in our relationships. This is something that people tell me all the time in Finding Freedom, my boot camp class, and in Masterful Living, my year-long class. Relationships are really the number one result, healing in relationships. And then when we have healing in our relationships... We have healing of depression, we have healing of anxiety, we have healing of fear, we have healing of guilt and shame and blame and regret and resentment. So much healing is possible for those who are willing to do this work. Now, in uh, in this chapter 17, uh, section 7 is called The Call for Faith. So we have the healed relationship, which is the call for the holy relationship. And then we have this clarity section on setting the goal. Uh, And as I was looking at this in preparation, I think next week, setting the goal. I'm going to go backwards here. Uh, And then the call for faith. Because once we make that decision to have a holy relationship... And we're clear about our goal. Uh, Then we have to have faith. And I love this in section 6 on the section about setting the goal. Where Jesus says, The value of deciding in advance what you want to happen is simply that you will perceive the situation as a means to make it happen. And I I think this is so helpful for us to be aware of. Now, many spiritual students are reluctant and resistant to really being clear about the goals and what they would like to have happen. They're 
very resistant and reluctant to state intentions and things like that because they don't feel themselves to be trustworthy and they do not have faith in their own consistency and they fear failure. So they'd rather energize nothing, hold nothing in their mind, no clear goal than to hold a magnificent goal. And so the right use of the mind is not employed because we are only, only subject to what we hold in mind. So if we're not holding it in our mind, how will we call it forth? How will we bring it into manifestation? How will we bring it into fruition? Most people are much more focused on what they do not want than on what they would like. So it takes courage and strength to break the patterns of focusing on what you don't want in order to place your attention and focus, your goal-setting attention and focus on what you really would like. And I think that this has been one of my successes is that I'm willing to hold in my vision the highest possibilities and to not entertain the fear, worry, doubt. I put spirit in charge so I don't have to make anything happen. Therefore, I cannot fail. My failure would only be that I'm not listening to guidance, I'm not following guidance. And that's true for many people. I talk with so many people who um, I will get intuition for them and I'll say, have, have you ever thought about this or that? And they're like, oh my God, I think about that every day. Oh, I'm constantly getting that message to do that, go that way, consider that, start that. And then I'll say, so are you going to do that? Oh, I've been getting that in guidance for years, just years, and I, oh, I just don't see how I could. You see, what happens is so many people think they have to make everything happen. But that's not how this world works. We don't have to make anything happen. In fact, if we're making something happen, we're in ego identification, ego attachment. When we allow it to unfold, then we're being guided and led by the Spirit. So decide in advance what you'd like to have happen so that you can begin to look for the clues and the things that are supporting you in manifesting that which you desire. I've really learned that that is a powerful way to move forward, indeed. And we have all kinds of tools that we use in my classes to help us along this way, to make it easier, to make it more fun, to make it more enjoyable. And we do it in community, so then we really have fun. We really remember to laugh. And so I invite you to do that as well. Of course, if you don't have your own community of friends and, and prayer partners and study buddies and things like that, you can always come join us. Next Finding Freedom will be the beginning of October. And in September, I'm doing again my Stop Playing Small Retreat. So these are op- options for you. Now, in the call to faith, the call for faith section, uh, what Jesus is really talking about here is the holding to this healed relationship that's been called forth and this holy relationship that has been called forth. And so in this section, he's talking about uh, really Allowing yourself 
to place your trust in God. And specifically as regards your holy relationship. And he talks about substitutes. That we accept substitutes. So instead of holding out for the holy relationship, we'll substitute it for a special relationship, which is a ego-based relationship, which has no healing in it, has no satisfaction in it, has no fulfillment in it. It's like empty calories as far as a relationship goes. It, it would be like trying to get all your nourishment from a bag of Cheetos, right? That's the journey of the special relationship. Now, if you try to get all your nourishment from uh, Cheetos day in and day out for years, you'll definitely be learning some lessons. There's no question of that. You will be learning quite a lot. And that's the thing about special relationships is we learn quite a lot in the special relationships. Unfortunately, what we learn in special relationships is nothing new. Same old, same old. Just repeating the same old, dysfunctional, depressing, codependent pain and suffering. Enough, she says, enough. So let's make our goal faith. Let's make our goal trust and faith. And by the way, if trust and faith is your issue, let me just say that when I, when I do my one-on-one appointments with the folks in Masterful Living, and I ask what is the number one thing they're working on? Almost always people tell me, trust, 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 trust in faith. So you see how alike we are. We are so alike. For sure, that was my issue, trust and faith, which is why I like to put so much into it and into what I call proving God So you have clear knowing examples, memories, and you don't have to be trying to prove something that you have no clues about. Yeah, very important to me. So when we seem to have a lack of faith and trust in spirit, we're placing our faith and trust in our own decision-making and our perceptions of the world. And then, of course, we're going to have problems. Uh, And the, the lack of faith is what actually brings problems into our experience. So... Trust would solve every problem that we have. Faith would solve every problem that you have. And in this section, the call for faith, again, we're chapter 17, section 7. Jesus says, talking about problems here, he says the problem was the lack of faith. And it is this you demonstrate when you remove it from its source and place it elsewhere. So when you remove your faith from its source and place it in the world, in your own discernment, then you have a problem. He says, as a result, you do not see the problem, the actual problem, because we think the problem is something else. (sighs) It's... So true. It's so true. Oh my goodness. So he says, had you not lacked faith that it could be solved, that the problem could be solved, the problem would be gone and the situation would have been meaningful to you because the interference in the way of understanding would have been removed. To remove the problem elsewhere is to keep it. For you remove yourself from it and make it all unsolvable. So this is the thing that we do. We 
don't realize that the reason we see ourselves as having problems, the reason we perceive ourselves as having problems, is because we have placed our faith wrongly. Instead of in spirit, we place it in the world, in our own perceptions. He says, and this is so good, there is no problem in any situation that faith will not solve. There is no shift in any aspect of the problem, but will make solution impossible. So, it's the call for faith that we must answer. It's interesting, I, uh, last Sunday, at Sundays with Spirit, our Sunday um, service, Dove Fishman was there, and uh, he was just part of the, the audience, the congregation, if you will. And uh, it's nice. We were attracting just a wonderful audience for our Sundays with Spirit. It's so enjoyable. I really love having a Sunday service online. And uh, so Dove was there, and he reminded me uh, this saying there is no problem in any situation that faith will not solve. And I said to him, I, Dove, I don't think I've ever done a radio show, a class, a retreat, anything with you where you didn't remind us that there is no problem in any situation that faith will not solve. And so he said that just, what, two days ago, and here it is now, I didn't remember that it was in this section that I'd already planned to speak about. So, a little coincidence there. Jesus goes on to say, if you shift part of the problem elsewhere, the meaning of the problem must be lost, and the solution to the problem is inherent in its meaning. So, the it's just so beautiful the way this world works that the meaning of the problem and the solution to the problem are connected. He says, it is not possible that, is it not possible, excuse me, is it not possible that all your problems have been solved, but you have removed yourself from the solution. Yet faith must be where something has been done and where you see it done. So this is where we can recognize that there is no separation, therefore there are no real problems. But if we are looking at the world with a mindset of separation, if we're looking at the world with a mindset of not enough, something's wrong with us. We will consistently perceive there are problems, we'll consistently project onto the world that there are problems. And we can do this as a collective, or we can do it as an individual. But there is no problem in any situation that faith will not solve. So I invite you to consider with, like, just think about what, something in your life right now that feels like a problem. Everybody's got them, including me. Think of something in your life that right now feels like a problem. Feels difficult. Feels challenging. Feels like it's not easily solved and resolved. All right. Now, think of, maybe this is something you've been dealing with for a while. Think about how you've been handling it, or how you've been thinking about handling it. And just see if you can mentally make a list of a few different things that you are going to do in order to solve this problem. Just a little mental list of what you were going to do to solve the problem.
Right, so, giving you a little extra time there. This is valuable. You see, this is doing the mental work, the emotional work, and this is where the healing happens. And I'm so grateful that we can do the work and the healing will happen. So, recognizing all of this, did you consider that you could have faith and the problem would be solved? Faith alone would solve your problem. Wouldn't have to do anything. No phone calls, no emails, no errands, no driving around, no laboring. Faith would solve it now. I'm talking to myself here. I'm thinking about, oh yeah, I could solve that problem with faith. I've solved problems with faith before. Why did I forget that? Hmm. (laughs) Solving our problems with faith. I love it. So, would you be willing to do that? Solve your problem with faith? In the next paragraph, he says, If problems are perceived, it is because the thoughts are judged to be in conflict. But if the goal is truth, that is impossible. So if the goal is truth, there's no conflict. Let's go to that place. Where the goal is truth, the goal is faith and truth and trust. That's our goal. Let's live our life with these goals. Instead of goals in the world, goals in our heart and mind. And we can still have our goals in the world to meet a quota, to earn a certain amount of money, to buy a house, to get a dog. <laughs> These are some of my, my goals. To, in the world, in the world, right? We can have goals in our heart, goals in our mind, goals in the world. We can have different kinds of goals. So let's make at least a few of our goals Love, compassion, truth, beauty, wisdom, clarity, trust, faith. Yes, healing our hearts and healing our minds. The only reason that we don't energize these kinds of goals is we don't believe that they're actually possible for us. But they are. They are, they are. So let's hold that our goal is truth and trust and faith. And that it's not only possible, it's happening and there's nothing in the mind of the infinite that can oppose us. So no longer believing that these things are impossible, they are so possible. So we're holding our mind in a new space. I really do find that one of the most, the most challenging things for people is for them to really energize that which they would like. It's much more common for people to accept what they don't like as being something they just have to deal with. Uh, There is the spiritual teaching about acceptance, which is so important and helpful to us, accepting what is. But if what we're accepting is that we're miserable, that's not acceptance. Acceptance is there was a car accident and somebody died. That's acceptance. Acceptance is that uh, we don't have enough money to pay our mortgage, And so we're 
getting a foreclosure. There's that kind of acceptance. But the acceptance that we're going to live in pain and suffering and feel deprived the rest of our lives, no, we cannot accept that. But many spiritual students have learned a kind of acceptance of uh, waking up with dread every day and the kind of pain and suffering that they just are learning to manage and cope with. And I am taking a stand saying, no, that is not our way. We are here to transcend that. That's so old paradigm. That's not who we are. That's not what we are doing. We have too much support in the invisible to accept living like that. Yes. It's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love. We're walking the talk. And I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Very happy to be talking about faith, one of my favorite topics. And related to faith, I just realized uh, one of the reasons why I got inspired to do my Stop Playing Small retreat years ago, because I've been doing it for years, now I'm doing it online, is because people have a misplaced faith. They misplace their faith into their problems instead of into spirit. And we all have many reasons why we're playing small. For me, playing small was one of the most difficult things in my life. I knew I was called to be a spiritual teacher. I didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel good enough to really step up and answer the call that I was hearing because I was placing my faith in my opinions and judgments about myself not being good enough and particularly not being faithful enough. I knew I was misplacing my faith into my belief in my problems into my belief in that there was something wrong with me, that I was not essentially a good person. And so I was playing small for that reason. I I was talking about this in Masterful Living class recently, and people were uh, very, very grateful that I was talking about it. They told me, because one of the things that happens is Uh, spiritual students in particular will play small because they know that they're not walking the talk. They know they're not living the love. They know that they are studying spiritual principles without truly applying them. And so they feel bad about themselves because they're judging themselves for not being all in for God. They're judging themselves for still harboring resentments and uh, thoughts of shame and thoughts of blame and guilt. They play small because they don't feel worthy. Now, it's interesting, in the last Stop Playing Small retreat, I asked people right at the beginning, how many of you are interested in playing big and one or two people the vast majority no they just wanted to stop playing small and that's how I was it wasn't so much that I wanted to play big whatever that might mean I I don't need to have some big thing in in my life although I would like to teach the whole world how to truly forgive quickly and easily. That I would like to do. 
So please hold that with me. But I, I don't need to be well-known or anything, I, but I'm willing to if that helps in getting the forgiveness out there. But what was painful for me was playing small, knowing that I was holding myself back because I didn't feel worthy or good enough. And that, that pain a lot of people are familiar with and what I see is many people who are uh, healers and ministers and teachers and speakers and all kinds of spiritual professions, they're playing small. They're barely making ends meet because they don't feel worthy, because they're allowing themselves to hold on to a, a myriad of patterns and the things that we look at in the retreat. And they, they are so healable, but we do have to put our attention on them. We do have to actually work on them and, and turn them over to spirit for healing. And then we can have extraordinary healing. And there's so much personal relief that comes when we stop playing small. And I think I may have mentioned this somewhere along the way when uh, I first started offering, wanting to offer this program to stop playing small. First had the impetus, the desire to do it. Spirit gave it to me because I don't usually make up my own topics for things. And Spirit gave me this topic and my friends, some of whom very successful spiritual teachers, said, "Oh, honey, you can't you can't name something stop playing small. You have to call it start playing big or something like that." And I said, "No, because that is not the problem. It's not that people want to play big. It's that they would like to stop playing small and holding themselves back, living in lack and limitation." And so uh, this is the thing that really resonates with me. There's so much emotional relief, personal relief that comes when we do this work. And it is huge for building faith and trust because one of the aspects of building faith and trust is to let go of the blocks to love. And so it's the blocks to love that keep us playing small. So in this retreat, that's what we focus on. And of course, you don't need to come on this online retreat with me in order to do this work. You can do it on your own for sure. It just, it's it's so much more fun and so much easier and we don't quit we don't give up we don't put it off we don't say you know I'll do that tomorrow when I'm fresh because even though it's only 11 o'clock in the morning I'm already tired because I went to the gym and I walked the dog and I made a pie and so I'll just I'll save it for tomorrow but when you're in an online retreat the time comes boom you're in the retreat, you're doing the work, you're laughing, you're remembering to laugh, and you are not giving in to the idea that somehow you will don't have enough energy for it. One of my favorite quotes in A Course in Miracles is, rest comes from waking, not from sleeping. Rest comes from waking. That the more awake I feel, the more awake I am in my mind, the more energy I have to live my life. And this is a fact. I used to invest so much of my precious time and energy recovering from things. Recovering from expending energy uh, in relationships, in at work, and things like that. I, I, I just have a totally different approach to my life now. I never, I never saw that change coming. And it, it, 
is so related to placing my faith and trust in spirit rather than in my perception of problems. Yes. So let's go back to the call for faith in chapter 17. There's some really juicy, deep things here. And just before I do, Stop Playing Small Retreat is in September. It's two weekends in September online, three hours a day. Very doable. You get the replays if you miss a day. Uh, Powerful work in community. We are doing the work in community. And if you've been thinking about taking my Finding Freedom Boot Camp for a long time and you never have, if you take the combination of the Stop Playing Small Retreat and follow it up with Finding Freedom, which it is an ideal combo, $500 off. $500 off. So that's a huge savings, and I'm doing it to encourage you to make this fall the one where everything changes. And of course, we have payment plans. We'll we'll even build you a, a, a payment plan just for you if you'd like to do this work, because anybody who's willing to have the courage and strength to do this work in our community, we will go all the way We whatever it takes to support you. So faith, having faith in our ability to do this work, having faith in our ability to place our trust in spirit. I know that sounds strange, but cultivating this level of faith, it changes your entire life. It's so worth whatever you can invest in it. We, we, get so much benefit learning to no longer place our trust and faith in the world, no longer try to solve our problems by working in the world and arranging situations in the world. Now we work at the level of the mind and faith will solve every problem that we have in any situation. I love it. So in paragraph three, and this is section seven, the call for faith in chapter 17, paragraph three, uh, Jesus says to us that faithlessness brought to faith will never interfere with truth. Faithlessness brought to faith will never interfere with truth. So we're bringing our faithlessness, our lack of trust in spirit, our trust in the ego's opinions and judgments and perceptions. We're taking our trust in the ego and we're changing it to faith in spirit. And that's never going to interfere with truth. And then he says, but faithlessness, and that's putting our faith in the ego, used against truth, which whenever we put our faith in ego perceptions and projections, it is against truth, will always destroy faith. Hmm. So when we put our faith in the ego... It destroys our faith in spirit, which makes sense. We get into a habit of placing our trust and faith in our own judgments, opinions, and perceptions. I certainly did that. And so then I didn't trust spirit. I see this as one of the major issues for people who come into my Masterful Living class and folks who come into Finding Freedom, that they're so habituated to putting their faith and trust in ego perceptions and projections that they are distrustful of placing their faith in spirit. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, that in a counseling session, many times I find I'll suggest to somebody 
Why don't you work with the affirmation, thy will be mine. And people, you can visibly see them go, oh, uh, no, uh, that feels scary. That's what we're talking about here. I I know what that feels like. I I felt scared thinking, oh, thy will be mine. Uh, I don't think I can trust spirit because we, and we have all these reasons why we can't trust spirit. You know, it could be for one person that they prayed and prayed and prayed that somebody wouldn't um, pass away, but they did. So now they don't place their trust and faith in spirit. Uh, They trusted spirit to help them with some situation, and they didn't get the help that they wanted. So they don't have faith in God anymore. Uh, It could be that they placed their faith in love, so they thought, and they married somebody who was deceitful and not trustworthy. And they blame spirit. They blame love for it. So now love is not trustworthy. And of course, love is God. God is love. So if love is not trustworthy, God is not trustworthy. They're the same thing. So then he says, if you lack faith, ask that it be restored where it was lost. And seek not to have it made up to you elsewhere, as if you had been unjustly deprived of it. If you lack faith, ask that it be restored where it was lost. Now, I find it a little difficult to understand exactly what he means there, but I'm all for, if you ask, if you lack faith, ask that it be restored. So if you lack faith in love, ask that it be restored in love. If you lack faith in God, ask that it be restored in God. Then he says, only what you have not given can be lacking in any situation. Only what you have not given can be lacking in any situation. This is powerful. So think about this. If you're withholding love, only what you have not given can be lacking in any situation. So if the situation you're in, let's say you're in a business meeting, let's say you're in a real estate deal, let's say you're in a relationship with your teenage child, you're in a relationship with your mother, you're in a relationship with somebody in the store, whatever it might be that you're experiencing you're in a relationship with, Only what you have not given can be lacking. So if you're noticing a lack of love, it's because you have not given the love. If you're lacking peace, it's you have not given the peace. If you're lacking wisdom, you have not brought the wisdom of God from your mind into the situation. It's very tempting to wish to blame others For the lack of love. I was the queen of that. OMG. I I did that all the time. I always blamed everybody else for what was lacking. So that's probably why this is so potent here. Only what you have not given can be lacking in any situation. I think I'm going to post that on Facebook. But remember this. The goal of holiness was set for your relationship and not by you. You did not set it because holiness cannot be seen except through faith. And your relationship was not holy because your faith in your brother was so limited and so little. Your faith must grow to meet the goal that has been set. The goal's reality will call this forth and you will see 
that peace and faith will not come separately. What situation can you be in without faith and remain faithful to your brother? So let's do that. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to transform our relationship and take it from a special relationship into a holy relationship. And let's focus on putting our faith into the Holy Spirit so that we can have a transformed relationship. And what will occur is our faith will grow because of our willingness to trust the Holy Spirit. I see this happen all the time with folks in my classes, and it's so beautiful. It's right here. Here's the instruction. Then he says, now we're in paragraph five, every situation in which you find yourself is but a means to meet the purpose set for your relationship. See it as something else, and you are faithless. Use not your faithlessness. Let it enter and look upon it calmly, but do not use it. Faithlessness is the servant of illusion and wholly faithful to its master. Use it and it will carry you straight to illusions. Be tempted not by what it offers you. It interferes not with the goal, but with the value of the goal to you. Accept not the illusion of a peace it offers, but the look upon it offering and recognize it is illusion. The goal of illusion is as closely tied to faithlessness as faith to truth. If you lack faith in anyone to fulfill and perfectly his part in any situation dedicated to the advance of truth, your dedication is divided. And so you have been faithless to your brother and used your faithlessness against him. So this is one of the most common things that I see with spiritual students. They don't even realize that what they're doing, and that's why I feel it's so important and valuable to talk about it, is people place their faithlessness uh, into their relationships with their brothers and sisters, that they actively place their faith, the misuse of faith, into thinking that their brothers and sisters are going to fail them, that their brothers and sisters are going to disappoint them, or that they have disappointed them. They are placing their faith and trust in their perceptions, their judgments and opinions about brothers and sisters, their shortcomings, their lack, their limitations, And so that's where the faith has gone for many, many, many people. Their faith is in their expectation to be disappointed. Have you ever had an expectation to be disappointed? Well, expectations are disappointments waiting to happen. So it's very common for people to have expectations of being disappointed. Very, very common. And people like me uh, can say when they are disappointed, you see, I knew it. I knew it. And then we get to be right. We've placed our faith in the failure of our brothers and sisters. The failure of the universe to support us. That's where we place our faith. And then... We wonder, why is life so hard? So, knowing that we're placing our faith wrongly in people failing, we feel, deep down, we feel ashamed. We feel wrong and bad. And it's, it, it leads to depression. It really does. Because we're depriving ourselves of what we think we want. But many times this is how we push people away. 
through exactly these processes of anticipating failure, anticipating that it won't go well, anticipating that it's a big mess when it's not. It becomes a mess. It becomes a mess because of where we've placed our faith. And we can shift that. It does take courage and strength and willingness. And fortunately, although we've trained our mind to keep putting our faith in what we don't want and seeing that show up, we can switch this very quickly. I've definitely proven that in my classes. That is shocking how quickly people can shift putting their faith in their problems to putting their faith in spirit and experiencing a life that they love. So now's a time for faith. Right now is a time for us to invest in this. Many people have more time and more space to deepen their spiritual practice. This is the best use of this time. You will never regret deepening your spiritual practice and cultivating that faith and that trust, eliminating fear and the causes of fear. You will never regret that. Truly, truly, it, it's beyond beneficial. It raises the vibration for every being on the planet. No small thing. So, we are choosing to answer the call for faith. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to join with you. Thank you for taking the time to join with me today. If you are interested in my Stop Playing Small retreat in September, all the details are at jenniferhadley.com. You can also go to jenniferhadley.com forward slash SPS. It's on the events page. It's on the home page. And I'd love to see you there. We are going to rock this fall. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. A lot of the people who took the retreat last time are coming back to do it again. They can't wait. It was so good last time. Come join us. We take a breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and thankful that our holiness is intact. We share the benefits with all. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Have a great rest of your week. I love you. Mwah.